Michael Ruzioni, Winthrop, Massachusetts. Who do you play for? I play for the United States of America. <laughs> Very nice. And then I turn around and walk out and, and you were all done. Yep. That's all he was waiting for all along. Y'all should have yeah, just... It's a, a miracle he was able to uh, read his mind. <laughs> and figure out that that's what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Welcome to Your Pick, a film podcast. I'm Tatum. And I'm Geneva. We are two friends who love movies and love sharing them with each other. Each week, we take turns picking a film that is close to our hearts and talk about why it moves us, to tears, to laughter, and everything in between. We celebrate the craft of filmmaking, as well as the unique and personal ways we find meaning in the movies we watch. Good morning. Well, actually, no, it's not morning. It's afternoon. I legitimately thought it was morning. So you, just, you turned to me with this big smile on your face and you went, good morning. Good so morning. Confidently. <laughs> so context for the listener, uh, we are recording on a Saturday and I meant to watch the movie a yesterday. Saturday afternoon. Yes. To be yeah, clear. A Saturday afternoon. I meant to watch the movie last night. Uh, life things happened and I didn't end up getting home till really late. So I had to wake up this morning and immediately turn on this movie. I forgot how long it was. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, here we are in the afternoon, and I still thought it was the morning. So, hello, Geneva. <laughs> hello, Tatum. Um, so, can you go ahead and kick us off by filling us in on anything you've been watching recently? Yeah, if sure anything. Um, just two things to report. Um, first, I watched a miniseries called Wives and Daughters from uh, 1999, um, which is one, like a, a BBC miniseries of an Elizabeth Gaskell novel that I had never seen before, which is kind of surprising because it's the type of thing that I grew up watching a lot with my mom. But for some reason, I'd never gotten around to this one. And I really, really liked it. I thought it was very well, um, very well written, very well acted. Um, It stars Justine Waddle, who's one of those actresses who was in a million BBC period dramas back in the day. And I don't know what she's doing now. But um, uh, she was great. Uh, it also has Keely Hawes, who I absolutely adore. I think she's a brilliant actress and she mostly does British TV, but everything I've seen her in, she's always been brilliant. Um, and anyway, yeah, I just think it was a really good, I've never read the original novel, but I think as a work of adaptation, the finished product is very good. It's very, um, uh, it's very women focused, which is great as you would um, expect by the title. But the there's a lot of complexity to the characters, um, characters that I think, having been written by another author, especially Victorian author, may have been sort of instantly dismissed. Instead, there's a lot of sympathy for their situation and for the choices they've made in the past, which I really like. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend Wives and Daughters if you enjoy a Victorian era British <laughs> BBC miniseries. Um, the other thing that I watched was a movie called Major Barbara, which um, viewers will remember if you've listened to our Pygmalion episode, uh, Wendy Hiller, the star of Pygmalion, was a few years later in a movie called Major Barbara, which had is also adapted from a play by George Bernard Shaw, 
Um, the producer of Pygmalion is now the director of Major Barbara, and several of the cast members are also the same. Um, unfortunately, I don't think this is nearly as good as Pygmalion. Um, I have never read the original play, and I, my understanding is that they had to make some changes for the context, because this was made 1941. This is during the war. Um, a big plot point is that Major Barbara's father is like a war, like an arms manufacturer. And so I think some of the plot or the satire around that had to be altered. But I just think it's kind of muddled. I, it, it has some really good scenes and some good interactions, but I think it's um, it, it's kind of difficult to figure out exactly what it's saying and maybe that's just me needing to sit on it longer and analyze it but I just don't think it's very well done it's definitely not directed as dynamically as Pygmalion is and I think the acting even though it has a lot of really good actors I think that their performances are just not as strong it's not quite as funny it's not quite as sharp so uh, I was a little disappointed by it but um, still interesting for the era and I adore Wendy Hiller and she is wonderful in this so worth watching just for her but um yeah, I, it did not quite live up to the um, hopes that I had for it. Oh, well, that's that's a bummer. But I feel like Pygmalion's such a good movie that, I mean, it would take a lot mm-hmm. to live up to those standards. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Anything yeah. else? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, I, um, I mentioned last week that I was watching a... Um, like a do- a docu series on whales <laughs> from National Geographic. <laughs> I finished that. Such a pure and wholesome thing that makes me so happy. Yeah, I finished that this week. I thought there were going to be more episodes, but there were only four of them. I hope that they follow up and do another series because there's a lot more whales in the world than just four, and I want to hear about the other ones. <laughs> give um, me all the whale content. Seriously, I give me all of the <laughs> whale content. Um, so yeah, that was just a pleasant, a pleasant show to finish. I watched it with my mom, and we just enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched another show that I actually had never heard of, but my mom recommended it to me. She told me, she said, Tatum, I think you might like it. It's kind of filmed in a similar style to The Office and Parks and Rec. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll try it out. Um, and the show is called Jury Duty. Have you heard of it, Geneva? Yes, I've been yeah. really curious about it. I've heard great things. I've not yeah. seen it yet. I, I don't know why I'd never heard of it. It's really funny. It's really good. Um, and it's also very short. Uh, me and my mom literally watched all of it in one sitting. Uh, I don't really know what that says about us, but, uh, (laughs) how many, cause I'm assuming it's half hour episodes. They're, they're all like 25 minutes and there's 10 of them. Um, so yeah, we watch it all in one sitting Judge us if you want. Um, but it's a really funny show. Um, the concept of the show for people who don't know is it's the show basically is like following the journey of a bunch of jurors on a case from day one of them being assigned to the case until the last day when the case, when they basically decide whether or not the, the, (laughs) the person is not guilty. They've made it very clear. It's not guilty versus not guilty. It's liable versus not liable. (laughs) Um, So it goes up until that last point. But the secret is that all of the people in the entire production, the judge, the jury, the bailiff, everybody, they are all actors 
except for one jury member, which is a normal person who has no idea that the rest of people are actors and that none of this is real at all. Um, so it's a really enjoyable watch. We had a lot of fun. Um, I look forward. I hope they do more seasons, but I don't know how much they'll be able to do that because if the show becomes more and more popular, I don't know how likely it'll be for them to find people that don't know what this concept is. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. So I would highly recommend jury duty. I watched it on, um, Amazon prime and yeah, it's a super easy, pleasant watch and it's very funny. So yeah. 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 From what I, the one thing that I've really heard about that show is that they had enormous luck or enormous talent from the casting company in finding the the one sort of normal non-actor who doesn't oh, know yeah. what's going on mm-hmm. just because he is such a such a a genuinely sweet and engaging person to watch mhm yep yeah i he me and my mom the whole time i mean my mom had already seen it but we were just like this is a very special type of person because it very easily could have gone away of just if they'd chosen a particular person, it could have felt disrespectful to them of like, oh, look at this, you know, idiot who's just believing all of these things. And wow, he's so dumb. Like it could have gone really disrespectful towards the person that they chose. Or it could have gone the opposite way where the person was like, there's no way this is real. And it would have been all over. And this guy who they ended up with was really this great in between of, he's a really smart, genuinely kind human being who who like saw the cracks in the facade like he literally at one point in the show was like this is like reality tv what's going on so like he he identified that something was weird but because everyone else was so dedicated he was like well we're still here and this is still going so it can't be not real because it's been weeks of this (laughs) um but yeah so Like he was this really nice in between of being a really smart person who's really kind, but also like not very aware of pop culture because I was telling my mom, I was watching the show and I was like, there's quite a few people on this jury that I know them from other things. So this guy must be like living under a rock somewhere because he doesn't know who these people are. Um, But maybe that says more about me. Maybe other people wouldn't know who they are either. (laughs) But um. But yeah, right, anyway. because it's uh, James Marsden is kind of the most famous person, but that it's like acknowledged within the show that James Marsden. Yeah, the actor but he didn't even the... know who James Marsden was oh. like the first episode. <laughs> oh. He was like, I don't know who you are. So he really like just doesn't know people. Oh. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a great show. I would highly recommend Jury Duty. It's a pleasant, easy watch. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, so all of that being said, let's move on to our discussion of the movie Miracle. Um, for people who have listened to this podcast before, uh, I think it's been pretty well established that Geneva sports movies are not for her. Uh, sports movies are very much so for me. So, um, I, well, I don't, I guess I can get into this later. I'm already jumping into things. So let, <laughs> let, let me start with my research first and then we can okay, go from sounds there. Good. Um, blah, 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 blah. So, today on the show, we are discussing the 2004 docudrama Miracle, directed by Gavin O'Connor. The film stars Kurt Russell, Noah Emmerich, and a million other people. 
Uh, The movie tells the miraculous true story of USA head coach Herb Brooks and the underdog USA hockey team that he led to win the gold medal against the Soviet Union in the 1980 Olympics. Made on a $28 million budget and released during a time when Americans were experiencing a a strong sense of patriotism, the film was a financial success. It grossed a total of almost $65 million during its theatrical run. When prepping for the film, O'Connor knew that he wanted Kurt Russell to play the role of Herb due to his experience with and passion for athletics. Being an ex-baseball player and having a father who played professional baseball, Kurt Russell accepted the offer. The casting of the team players was more complicated, however, as O'Connor wanted to bring on real hockey players. He figured it would be easier to teach hockey players how to act than to teach actors how to play hockey. I agree with that. It was a wise choice. Um, (laughs) They hosted tryouts in six cities across the world before finalizing the team, which is insane to me. Um, But I think it worked. Um, So these are, sorry, just to... to, um confirm so these are real hockey players are they professional hockey players were they college players the way the the characters in the movie are i think it's a it's a mixture okay yeah i i don't i actually don't think any of them are are professional but that also changes depending on like what country you're in and things like that um but i don't think any of them are professional because i feel like if they were i would know who they are (laughs) um (laughs) probably true yeah uh but yeah so uh with the entertainment firm real sports that specifically provides consulting for sports film productions as well as herb brooks himself providing behind the scenes info on the intricacies of the sport of ice hockey miracle successfully accomplishes an accurate depiction of the sport through its cinematography costume design dialogue and story when Herb Brooks died suddenly, when Herb Brooks died suddenly in a car accident just six months before the film's release, the whole production ended up being dedicated in his honor. So, um, that's a little bit of my research to get us started. Um, I tried to do a little bit of a deep dive into um, which particular moments in this movie are real versus not real, um, because you know scenes like after that one game where they lose by a lot and they turn out the lights in the arena, it's like, okay, how accurate actually is that really? Um, I was very limited in time, so I wasn't able to dive into as many things as I wanted, but that scene actually is real. So fun fact. Um, but yeah, so all of that being said, I guess I'll start us off, uh, in our plot conversation. So for me, um, like I said before, I love sports movies. Also, I played ice hockey through college. Um, it is, my favorite sport on the planet. Uh, it is the sport for me. And a lot of hockey movies have uh, tried to be made. Most of them are terrible because <laughs> the way that they film hockey looks so fake and just not convincing at all. And this movie really pulls off um, having the hockey actually look like real hockey that people of this level would be playing. Um, and because of that, I think even if the story sucked, it would it should be lauded for that alone because ice hockey is a very hard sport to film. It's very fast. There are a lot of intricacies to the game and how you move and how you work and um, the dynamics between players and coaches and plays and practices and games and the Olympics. Like It just does a really good job of tying all of those things together in a way that feels really realistic to the sport of hockey, very respectful to the sport of hockey and the people who also love it. So, um, yeah, because of that, I love this movie. I think Kurt Russell's performance is very strong, um, which I think is an added bonus. Um, and 
ultimately, yeah, I think it's just a very uh, uplifting story that for people who love sports, but spe- specifically ice hockey, it's 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 for them. <laughs> so um, so this movie is for me. Uh, that being said, I did text Geneva this morning. I hadn't seen this movie in, I don't know how long, but it's been, it's been years. And so I forgot how much of a sports movie this is. Like this movie is pretty much just like watching a nonstop hockey game and hockey practices like the whole time, (laughs) which I did not remember at all. Um, and it's also quite long. And so I, I anticipate that you were incredibly bored by this movie. Um, and I also noted while watching this, that there's a lot of things that are said in this movie that are very hockey specific that I wonder, even if people who are sports people that aren't hockey players would fully get it. And so Geneva, I'm curious how much of this movie did you actually understand, if anything? <laughs> um, so, yeah, t- tell me your, your thoughts on this. Well, you've pretty much read me <laughs> accurately, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. I'm sorry that I made you watch this. I genuinely forgot how much of a movie it is. <laughs> I mean, don't apologize. You know, I'm glad, always glad to see a movie that you like, even if I don't share your feelings about it. But yeah, this is very much a movie that I think will appeal to people who enjoy hockey and does not appeal to me as someone who doesn't know much about the sport of hockey. I don't know. I, I I think this is a it's a competently made movie. Um, I'm not going to say it's super well made, but I think it's very it's competently made. I think the I, I agree with you. The the hockey scenes are filmed really really well. Like I, I put that down in my notes. I actually took notes for this movie. Um, that I the I put it down as stunt work. Although if it was professional or, or real hockey players playing all the roles, I assume that they were actually doing all the the hockey work as well it is still stunts though technically because it's choreographed okay gotcha well it was very well done the the handheld camera zooming around in between the action was very impressive um i agree that kurt russell is very good in this movie um i enjoyed noah emmerich even and patricia clarkson even though they have nothing to do (laughs) (laughs) um but i always enjoy seeing them but yeah i i was pretty bored by this movie i um, On a scale of one to ten, ten being like, I'm going to blow my brains out. How bored for you? Because I feel like it's probably a ten. It's not a ten. It's maybe like an eight. Oh, OK. Well, that's better than I expected. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I I think the script for this movie kind of lets it down because um, this it, at least from the perspective of someone who you know, does not know anything about hockey or does not have an automatic sort of emotional in when it comes to hockey. I think this movie, it really, to me, reads like trying to adapt a Wikipedia plot summary about the Mm. events that happened rather than actually trying to build a story about unique and interesting characters. Mm -hmm. I think the, the only person that we really get to know in this story is Herb Brooks. And Kurt Russell's very good, but Herb Brooks is 80% 80% of the time he's an asshole so <laughs> I kind of struggled with him at some points and then all of the characters uh, all of the players on the team to me were very difficult to distinguish they all mm. look very similar except for that one guy who has a mustache and then he gets cut right before the game so he was gone <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So hockey it, players it, have a look, I will say, and yeah. that look has existed for a for decades. It kind of cracked me up a little bit. Where there's, I think it was when um, it might have been during the the final um, sort of wrap up narration when Kurt Russell is talking about like you know how what they accomplished and everything. He's like, oh, I took a team of all these boys from different backgrounds, and then it just shows them in a line, and they all look exactly the same. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, all that is to say is like I I wish that the the script had been a little bit more open to actually distinguishing the characters and building them and their story and trying to get us invested in in them as people alongside her Brooks, but um, it doesn't really do that. It's just her Brooks's story, and it I don't know. It, it's definitely trying to build a theme of kind of, you know, establishing the historical context in which this took place and why it was so significant for um, the United States morale at this in this particular era. You know, this coming right off of the, the depression and um, chaos of the 70s and the Cold War. But I don't know it, it that didn't work for me I thought there was I thought there was a lot more of that in this movie like I remember I was Mm -hmm. like that's what's gonna keep Geneva invested that aspect of this movie but I remembered there being a lot more of that yeah all they really do is just work in a couple of news broadcasts throughout the movie and then it doesn't really impact the characters themselves in any way so Yeah, I struggled with this movie, if I'm being honest, but I'm really glad that you like it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I I do think that the hockey scenes are genuinely really, really impressive looking, even though I had no clue what was going on at any point. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. I what did you because you're saying um, that you wish that there was a little bit more of or maybe a lot more of character development of like other other people that we see here. What did you think of what they did with um with the goalie and the concept of his his mother dying and so they weren't sure if his head was going to be in the game to be able to really tap in his potential but he joined the team because his mom wanted him to be there and then we had little interactions with his dad was did that, that like did that do anything yeah. for you or did it feel very tacked on or it felt very tacked on and Again, I found it really difficult to tell the players apart. So even though I know all of that stuff is in the movie, mm-hmm. it was really difficult for me to keep it kind of keep the idea that it was this is all for one particular person. Like I could not <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, he says that thing about his mom and his dad early in the movie at some point. And then like an hour later like one of the players their dad randomly shows up at a game and I was like oh maybe it's that guy wait who was that guy that was saying that thing okay so yeah I just I found it very difficult to kind of keep any sort of character arc or Hmm. you know kind of keep it all the idea that that was the the story of one particular person in Hmm. my head toward the very end I was starting to get there with kind of the main so Jim I think right is the goalie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay um yeah, I think he's kind of the only one whose name I actually managed to to retain. Um, oh, there was the guy who got his knee messed up. Yeah, that was um, his that was a different guy, right? Yeah, that's uh, uh, his last his last name is uh, O'Callahan. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, I well, we can save this for a little bit later too. I was just going to mention also the Patty Clarkson, Patricia Clarkson playing Patty, mm-hmm. um, the wife. Her part also really frustrated me because I thought it was just very cliched. Um, mm. But we can talk about that part later. Yeah, I, I actually thought that. Um, I thought that she was handled quite well in the sense that I think I think that this movie is very clearly this is her Brooks's story. Like this is not let's tell a well-rounded character world story about all of these different people and blah blah blah. It's very much so this is Herb's life as a hockey coach coaching this team. And so because of that I think the fact, like, given that that is, in my opinion, the story that this movie is trying to tell, I think that Patty is a good addition. I think that if it was something where we're really trying to dive into the other complexities of his life and blah, 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 then I'd be like, okay, she is incredibly short, short change. Like, why? What is this? But I think that this is a story where she could have very easily just, like, been eliminated and not present at all. But I like that she's included and I think that she doesn't strike me as someone who's just this this whining wife at home who's like, ugh, you're a guy doing sports and I'm the wife at home and blah, blah, blah. It seemed very much so to me like they have a history. She understands this pain that he feels because of his history with the Olympics of being so close and then being eliminated and she knows how much he wants this and she wants to support him and she's very good at supporting him but she also we have moments where she does push back and she's like actually you didn't consult me about this and I'm not okay with that I don't know their relationship feels real to me like it doesn't feel like this is an archetype of a wife that we're putting in here to create conflict It feels like this is a realistic relationship of a husband who has a chip on his shoulder because of what he's been through and he has to see this through to the end and they both recognize that about each other and they have an argument and then they sort through it and come together as it I mean pun not intended but they come together as a team to recognize like this is ultimately really important and we're gonna do it um so I don't know. I think I think the only thing that bothered me about her is we have this one moment, but she doesn't even say it in a way that's annoying, in my opinion. But she says something where she's like, uh, she says something along the lines of, um, you know, I, I'm, I might not understand this sport and what you're doing, but don't get mad at me for caring about you or whatever. And that was something where I'm like, okay, classic wife who's like, I don't know sports blah and I think about in my family growing up playing hockey my dad knew hockey because he played when he was younger my mom didn't really know anything about hockey because she didn't grow up playing it or knowing anyone that played it but she learned the sport as we kids started playing like she doesn't know all the intricacies of how it works but but she understands hockey more or less and so I'm like I feel like the wife of someone like this would have some knowledge of how hockey works um but that's just a very quick line that she says in passing and then we move on. So I don't know. I feel like there could have been more of her, but I also think that she is just as much on the sidelines as literally every other character in this movie. 
it's not just uniquely her. It's her and everyone else. And because of that, I'm able to to get past it. Yeah, I think we'll, it does. I think we're just going to disagree on this because for me, she does feel very archetypal. She does feel very cliched. It, the the trope of the sort of si- woman on the sidelines who in the first half of the story is complaining that her great man husband is like, you know, going out and using his talent or using, using his dream. And she's like, but what about your family back at home? And then in the second half of the movie, she kind of shows up again and is proud of him. Like, that's just such a overused cliche. I've seen it in so many stories. I've seen it in sports think... movies. I've seen it in movies about scientists, about politicians and social activists and things like that. Like, it's just a trope. And I think I think Patty is very well performed because Patricia Clarkson is a very good actor. But um, I just, I writing wise, I didn't see anything about Patty as a character that brought it elevated it out of that trope so honestly i i kind of would have preferred it if the family had just been eliminated and and it focused more on um the team which i know sounds very (laughs) contradictory to what i say it's like i needed more or i needed it eliminated altogether because as as it is it's just kind of there to be a little bit you know, to to kind of there because it's expected and not there because it has something to contribute to the overall story, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I do disagree with you on the point that I don't think that she starts out as this wife who's like, ah, don't do this to the family. And then all of a sudden she switches and she's on the other side. I don't see that. I see from the very beginning, I think she's very supportive. She's like, how did the meeting go? Someone's calling you on the phone, like take the phone call. She's very, she seems to understand from the very beginning that this is very significant and she's excited for him about this opportunity. So I think that it's established from the beginning that she is on his side. It's just that in, in real life, you know, you're going to have moments where, you're going to be frustrated with your spouse over certain decisions that they're making because this is a huge change. And so I feel like, I don't know if it had been something where it was, I I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind the conflict. I think, I think, is it, is it the most like revolutionary idea? Is it the best written? No, but I don't think in my opinion, it doesn't feel disrespectful to me. I've watched other movies where I'm like, oh, I hate this wife so much. Like, why (laughs) is she here? Uh Um, But again, I think because she is joined by pretty much everyone else in the cast and being sidelined, it doesn't bother me that much. And I think that if she had not been in this movie at all, I would have been like, where's, like, so who is this person? Like, he just is a coach? Is there anything like is there anything else here? Who is he? So I think it was helpful to have a little bit of something else. Um is it the best? No, but I think that if it wasn't there at all, it would have felt a lot stranger to me. Um but again, I mean we can agree to disagree on that. It's not something that I'm like I I, I see your point. Like yeah, I can see I mean, how it, one it, could make that argument and have that yeah. takeaway. Yeah. I mean it's such a small part of the movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So I so I don't really want to necessarily go through the plot of this movie because it's kind of 
the classic plot of underdog, let's play the game. We lost. Okay, let's train harder. We're getting better. Oh, one step back. Now we win. Like it's it's a the <laughs> the plot is very um uninteresting in my opinion. It's it's the individual things that are happening here and there that are in my opinion what what keep me going. Um because this movie is very long. It it it, it could be they could probably chop down 20 minutes of this if not more. Um but also I think part of the reason it is as long as it is is that we have very extended sequences of hockey games, which I found found watching this movie, I was like, maybe I should just go watch a hockey game. (laughs) Maybe that's what I actually want. Um, Like, I just want to watch a hockey movie that has little bits of like the team behind. And that Mm -hmm. works for me. Um, Have you ever gone and watched the actual game that this is based on? I bet it's probably uploaded on YouTube somewhere. It it probably is. I should watch it. Uh, But no, I have not. Um, I've probably seen it on the background in some hockey store somewhere. Because mm. whenever you go to a hockey store, they always have some historic hockey game playing on the television. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. To motivate the children that are buying their first pair of skates. <laughs> so cute. Um, but yeah, so I I kind of just want to pick... I feel like I want to pick very specific moments that I want to hear your perspective on because I feel like that's going to be more of an interesting conversation than me just Sure, yeah. And I want to... Actually, could we... Just to start, um, could you explain to me the whole... How the sport of hockey works. <laughs> How the sport of hockey works. I know uh-huh. there's a puck and there's a couple nets. No, um, what it is that Herb Russell is doing that is revolutionizing American hockey. Like how they, he talks in the beginning about how the existing strategy is too reliant on star talent and he wants mm-hmm. to make it, I guess, more like an even team effort and that's how they're going to beat the soviets can you like expand on that do you have any more insight into yeah what what it is that he's doing that's so revolutionary at the time yeah so it's i know you've seen and you dislike the movie moneyball but it is kind of a a similar concept in the sense that there is like a board of people that have a traditional way of choosing a team where they've had this process where they look at videos and they look at you know their um how many goals they've scored and how many games blah 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 they go based off of these specific reasons that they've traditionally always followed as to how they bring these people onto the team but herb doesn't care about that he's not really like oh this is the star player of this team and this is how many goals they've scored he more so is looking for the undefinable potential if that makes sense so he you know he has that monologue in the movie where he's like you think that I'm making a stupid decision, but I have spent hours watching videos of these people playing and I, I've, I know their coaches and I've, some of them I've coached. And if I haven't coached them, I've called their coaches. So he, his method is less so based on what is your track record in terms of like the logistics of how many points you've scored and things like that. And it's more so based on like, are you teachable? Are you passionate about this game? Like, can I, can you be molded into pursuing this dream? Can you be a part of this family? Like it's, it's based a lot more on prediction than actual fact, if that makes sense. So obviously he's choosing from a very talented pool of players. Like we learned from the beginning, they they have these trouts in the beginning and there's dozens and dozens of people there. And all of these people are incredibly, incredibly skilled. So he's not choosing bad players, but he's just choosing the ones that are a little a little bit less like obviously the best if that makes sense and because there's this huge pressure from 
America to have this political statement of we are beating the Soviets and also we were annihilated at the last Winter Olympics. We really want to come out on top this time. Like the world is looking at us more than ever. So we need to build this incredible team. This isn't the time to just go off of our gut, you know, but Herb is like, nah, man, my gut's right. And they're like, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll roll the dice. And he rolls the dice and it works out. So that, that, that's the difference. It's like he's breaking the formal his, traditional model of the types of players that you bring on the team. Um, okay. Okay. That, that makes some sense to me. Yeah. Which is why, you know, when he kind of first brings them onto the team, he's like, take this test, <laughs> which is really doesn't have anything to do with anything. But he's like, I want to know your character. Like, I'm not learning anything of how you play hockey based off of this test. I'm learning about your character and how you're going, like what's your role going to be? How are you going to fit into this? Um, So that's more so like his approach, which is why even the players themselves are like, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand what, what are your methods? This doesn't make sense. Um, You know, and we learn that too, as he goes on in terms of how he trains his players, like he's training his players in a very specific way that other people wouldn't advise. Like we hear, um, we hear the assistant coach, Craig, he basically tells him, he's like, you're wearing the players down. Like the team is tired. This is not the way to do this. Like you have to train people and let them have some time to recover, like do legs and then do this and then do this type of training, do more lung building or, or like there's different ways to do this, but you're just running them into the ground. This isn't how you coach. And he's like, Nah, I think it'll work. And and it does. <laughs> and it does. So there are a lot of things that he does differently. Um but it pays off. So it pays off in terms of winning the the gold medal. Yeah, I was going to say I, at matters. some point we should have a conversation about his <laughs> coaching methods and I'd, I'm kind of interested to hear about your opinion on them. Yeah, so is, is that like is that helpful to you at all? Yeah, comparing it to Moneyball is helpful. Yeah. 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 It's it's very different from Moneyball in the sense that in Moneyball he's he's going based off of like an algorithm that mm. an economist creates or I don't know if he's an economist <laughs> but some sort of numbers guy creates whereas this is less so like I'm following the logistics and more so I'm following like uh, you know other things regarding yeah it's a little bit more and, more human I guess yeah this. like your passion for the game your dedication to the game your willingness to put in the hard work he even says like it doesn't matter. He's like, none of you have enough talent. This isn't about talent. This is about, you know, how hard are you willing to work? Do you want this? Because I guarantee you, like, the Russians don't think you want it. And, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just as much of an emotional game as it is a physical game. And he taps into both of those things. He pushes them to their physical limits and also wants to see them push themselves into their, like, passion limits I guess for lack of a better word um but yeah so that that being said I I really wanted to talk to you about the um so first of all the the drill that he repeatedly has them do which is like blue line back red line back far blue line back far goal line back that is called a 60 second drill because you're supposed to do it in 60 seconds which is exhausting and hard to do, uh, speaking as someone who's done lots of 60-second drills. But he says you have to do them in 45 seconds. But so that's kind of his his go-to drill 
all of us hockey players hate 60 seconds. Um, but so, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that sequence of when they lose that game. Who is it against? It might be against the, the I think they're in Norway. I think they're playing Norway at that time. Um, but their heads are really not in the game. This is their first game after all of their initial practicing and training to kind of see how they shape up against these other international teams. Their heads are not in it. They're not invested. They don't care. And they lose by a lot. And so Herb is basically like, Nana, y'all aren't getting off the ice. What do you think? What? And then he's like, if you guys aren't going to put in the effort during the game, you're going to put in the effort now. And so then we go into this long sequence where he's having the the boys as hockey players say, let's go boys. Um, but but he has the boys basically do a, a million, I guess I'll call them 45 second drills into infinity. And uh, I think I think in the research that I did, it said something about like it was up to an hour or something like that of this, um, which is a long time. <laughs> um but yeah, so I I was watching this scene in particular and I really wanted to hear your thoughts on it because I already think I know what you think about it, but I want to I want to hear your perspective. And let me just say from the get-go, I've had this happen to me. My I'm pretty sure my coach stole it from the movie <laughs> Miracle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he straight up stole it from Miracle. But I was in high school and we played a game and we just like we were not in it for whatever reason I mean we weren't talking about hot people in the stands on the other side of the rink but but our our heads were just not mentally in the game and we lost by a lot and my coach was like get on the goal line and he made us do this not for an hour but he he made us do it for long enough for us to be like okay we're dead can we please get off the ice now um so yeah I just wanted to say that I I have experienced this in my own way um and I've survived I'm still here I am fine um (laughs) I'm not emotionally traumatized because of that experience um but yeah I I want to hear your thoughts on it that is good to know because this was the scene in which I had the thought what is the difference between tough coaching and abuse (laughs) I mean it's a fine line it, it, it is, yeah. Well, it's good that you say that it was about an hour because def- it's very difficult to tell in the movie. In the movie, it seems like they're there for like four hours, yeah. which mm-hmm. I think would definitely be abusive. I'm glad it was not that long. I think the life. lights being turned off was more so a signal of like, y'all Please need to the- leave. We mm-hmm. need to clean the ice so I can go home. <laughs> yes, which I, if I was a poor, like, not, if I was just like a beleaguered, worker at this gym at this hockey rink yeah and i just wanted to clean the damn ice and, and go, go home, home. And these idiots would not leave i would be so pissed yeah i think that's more so what the lights was it's like hey get off go home <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh yeah i was not crazy about this scene because like like i said i do find herb to be an asshole through so much of this movie to his family and to his players. And I know that it's part of his coaching strategy, which is, you know, why I'm actually very curious to hear about your thoughts on his coaching strategy. But I don't know, to me as an outsider, this really seems like 
trying to break down and kind of psychologically torture your players more than building them up. And I know it does work in the end. So, you know, I guess I'm just coming at it from a, you know, not the athlete perspective, but I don't know, while watching that scene and seeing like, seeing Craig like really struggle with, is this person that I'm working for a complete tyrant? Has he lost his mind? Is he going to hurt these players? Like, if those are the questions in the air, I don't know if your strategy is is good. Like, ugh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, like you said, this has happened. A lighter version of this has happened to you and you're fine. So I, I know it's not necessarily... It is not abuse, but it it just made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's definitely an argument that could be made that it is abuse. Like I'm not going to sit here and say with 100% certainty like, yeah, this is totally fine. You should do this to all of your teams. Like, cool. You know, it's <laughs> not like a, this is your go-to strategy on how to coach your players. Um, but you know, I, I don't I don't see her Brooks as an asshole in this whole movie. Honestly, I, I just see him as someone who, like I said before, he has a chip on his shoulder that he is like desperate to overcome. Um, well, OK, sorry, just to interrupt you for one second. That mm-hmm. actually is the most interesting thing to me about her Brooks is that mm-hmm. the movie makes it very clear that he is so desperate to get to the Olympics because he himself felt slighted. And there is not one moment where he's in a press conference and a journalist asks if the reason that he doesn't let his players partake in the press conferences is because he wants the spotlight on himself. And I think there's a really interesting kind of subtextual, you know, not saying that this is true, but at least this questioning of what are the purity of his motives? You know, does he actually care about the game? Does he actually care about his players? Or does he actually just want you know, his own achievement and his own glory. And it it's fine if that's part of it. Like these things can be complicated. Two things can be true at once. But I think that's actually a really interesting thing about Herb is that there is this kind of queasy questionable, like, why is he pushing so hard for this? And, you know, are what are his motives exactly? Um, yeah, that's just a thought that I had at, at certain points in the movie. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, well, I don't think the movie shies away from that question, in my opinion. I think it's something where, like, they're trying to establish... I think they're very clearly asking the questions of, are his methods okay? Which we see, as you said, like, which we see in how Craig responds to certain things, which we see in how Doc responds to things. Like, it's very much so establishing that he's walking a fine line, you know? And it pays off in the end, which is incredibly rewarding and makes it worthwhile but I don't think the movie is arguing like again this should be the go-to strategy of how to coach your players um but yeah I mean I I I think I think there's just something different between how athletes understand sports and how non-athletes understand sports because when you've experienced being an athlete and you're really passionate about a sport. And of course there are people who, especially when they're younger, they play sports because their parents want them to play them. And that's a totally different story, but people who are passionate about a sport and they're playing because they choose to, and because they want to, there's something different going on there because especially when you're an adult, you have the ability to say no, you have the, which I mean, kind of, maybe, I don't know, but I don't know. There's just this, there's just this, uh, 
there's this theme of you're so passionate about something that you're willing to do anything for it. And there's a type of satisfaction that comes from knowing that you have given something your all. So even if you lose, even though it's heartbreaking, you know that you did everything that you could, which is why it's so hard for Herb when he has to cut that one player loose because he's like, thank you for giving me your absolute very best. Like you deserve to be here and this does not mean that you're a bad player. You are some of the best of the best and you gave it everything that you had. Thank you. You know, and there's, there's a beautiful aspect to that of just knowing that you have given your absolute all to something that you love and that you care about and not that, and also you're not the only one doing it. You're doing it with, even though it's said in a very cheesy line in this movie of like family, but like you're doing it with a family. You're doing it with teammates. You're all in this together. You're all equally passionate. You're all giving everything that you've got to get where you want to go. And I, I did really like that line that he says to his wife where he says, what I care about is that in 20 years, these 20 boys are going to know that they didn't leave anything on the table. I thought mm-hmm. that was a good line. Yeah, I mean, because if you're not going to give everything you have, then don't show up. You know, like that's that's just the fact of the matter. Like when you make it to this high of a level, if you're not going to give everything you have, then you shouldn't be here because there's someone else who would. And so I just think there's something really powerful about that. And I think that Herb's methods, even though they are questionable, and I don't think the movie shies away from that, he really taps into that of like, you guys want to be here. And that's just a really moving thing for me as an athlete to watch this and be like, these are all people who are not giving up and this coach is not giving up on them. And, um, and seeing this dynamic of Craig, like he is, he is very wary of what Herb is doing, but at the same time, he's like, I'm going to trust that there is something here. And eventually he does see it because it unites the teammates in a way that they weren't united before. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I think that if someone were to sit down and make an argument that that, that that sort of coaching scene is abusive, I'd be like, you know, that's a valid argument, like completely valid, but also I don't know that there's, there's a beauty to it. And um, again, I not to keep repeating myself, but I don't think the movie is shying away from the fact that what he's doing is questionable. Like we literally have very distinct sound mixing and audio of these men literally like dry heaving. And, you know, it's very clearly like they are being pushed to a limit that is pretty much (laughs) unhealthy. Um, Have I been pushed to that limit? Yes, I have. Uh, But, (laughs) but I, I don't know. It's just, I, I just think that there's something about competitive athletes that there's just like a known understanding between all of us that if you haven't been a competitive athlete, it just doesn't connect. And I'm not going to try and force someone to understand it because I wouldn't get it either if I hadn't <laughs> been in it myself and been with other people that were also in it. So, um, but yeah, but definitely while watching it, I was like, Geneva's probably wanting to like go over there and shake this man and be like stop (laughs) this is not okay (laughs) I'm calling all of I'm calling all of the people to get you fired because this is not okay what you're doing 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think ultimately it worked. And I think when you're a coach, ultimately you have to, that you have to be somewhat mad as long as there's a method to your madness, you know, (laughs) but also abuse is not okay. Like I, I know lots of people that are, that were very competitive athletes growing up that have experienced abuse and it's been very hard for them. So I'm not arguing that yeah. abuse is okay or that it doesn't exist. Right. Well, it does like exist for you. And in this situation, it, it does not cross that line that it yeah. is very, he is pushing them really hard, but as an audience member, you're meant to understand that he has a very finely calibrated sense of how hard he can push them without mm-hmm. breaking them. And he doesn't get to that point. Yeah, and I also don't think he's demoralizing them. He's not like, you all suck. You guys, you better run home to mommy. You guys, like, he's not, he's not, like, ripping them apart. He's trying to motivate them to get them on the same page of, like, what are you guys doing? You guys need to get your head in the game. Like, why are you here? If you don't want to be here, then go home. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot more of, like, motivate, like, in what he's saying, he feels a lot more motivating or trying to motivate as opposed to I'm intentionally trying to tear you down, which is well, different. He, well, and he's also trying to unite them mm-hmm. and break them out of that mindset of I come a ver- from a very specific region of the United States. I play for a very specific college and I'm only here temporarily to play with these other people. And he's trying to get them into that mindset of we're all on the same team playing for the same you know, playing for the United States of America, not playing for University of Minnesota or playing for Boston University or whatever it is. Um, so, w- <laughs> again, uh, when Mike What's-His Face is finally like, I play for the United States of America, I'm like, I feel like Herb could have been a little clearer that that's what he's looking for. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he didn't have a clear idea of what he was looking for. And he's like, I guess that's good enough. You guys can go home. <laughs> But, yeah, he's like waiting for something to justify why he's been doing this yeah. for so long. The longer it goes on, the more awkward it is. And he's like, oh, gosh, I hope, How do I get <laughs> I hope out one of them says something. I back myself into a corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I know I also come from it from a perspective of, you know, having some personal history with like male authority being used in not great ways that makes me just very sensitive to questions of like, is someone using their power just for the sake of using their power as opposed to using the power for the betterment of the people under them, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I think both. I think both here, you know. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, one thing that I also love in this movie is there's like this this montage of um, the drills and the training and the practices and you know, it's going from ice to them being in the, um, like off the ice and they're all taking these ice baths and things like this. And then it's just like this big montage of, of training and practices. And I totally relate to the moments when Herb is like drawing the drills on the glass and then everyone's like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Because Every once in a while, you have a coach who has some drill and they draw it out and they're like, okay, let's go run the drill. And all of us are like, none of us know what we're doing. Like, <laughs> we don't know what this drill is. And then we get to the line to, to do the drill and everyone's like, who's going to go first? Like, 
no, you go first. No, you go first. And I was always the one where I'm like, someone else go first. I'm not doing it because I have no idea what the drill is. <laughs> but I really liked that moment because we have all these things where he's so passionately like this way. And then you're going to come around here, blah, blah, blah. And there's all these arrows. And they're just like, yeah, no, I'm lost. Do you know what he's talking about? Nope. Okay, cool. Let's figure it out. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm right there with you, players. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it happens because it's just... But those are the fun drills to figure out because sometimes you do the same drills over and over again. You're like, okay, can we try something new? Um, it was. It's also fun watching this this movie and just remembering like, oh, I've done that drill and I've done that thing and I've done that thing. Not that I am anywhere near an Olympic level <laughs> hockey player, but there's kind of these same drills that just happen across the board. Yeah. I mean, um, I assume the, the building blocks are all the same, even if you're playing at different levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever give your coach a uh, a whip and a sign saying Ayatollah for Christmas? No. And I also was like, <laughs> that did kind of make. Is this like, is this a BDSM whip? Like, I don't know. Where is it? Yeah, just where like did a, they get that whip? Is from? it a prop whip? I don't know what this is, but uh, okay. Um, I did like that they that Craig's present was a whistle. I thought that was funny as well. <laughs> Plastic whistle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I wanted to ask you. Are there, you might've mentioned one already. I, I can't remember, but are there any moments in this movie that worked for you that you were like, this connected with me or I liked this, or is it just kind of across the board? Like, didn't get it. Um, hmm. It's okay. If it's across the board, I'm just curious. It's pretty off across the board. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really connecting with it I did feel a little bit for the mustache kid Ralph um when he gets cut toward the end mm. but I was also like I really wish I knew anything about Ralph because <laughs> I think I would be much more sad at this scene <laughs> okay <laughs> apart gotcha. from the fact that he has a mustache okay yeah, yeah. Interesting. I did this is not what you asked but I did I'm just looking through my notes mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the fact that they make the Soviet coach look like Dracula oh my god yeah he's <laughs> very these like... giant bushy uh, eyebrows that they they comb upward so mm -hmm. it looks like he's Dracula yeah he's very intense yeah I do like that moment at the end when they kind of have that little exchange where Herb gives him a little like a very tiny thumbs up and then he just like nods in return like all right mm -hmm. cool all is well yeah. Another beautiful thing, my dad used to always say this, like one of the beautiful things about hockey is it's the only sport where at the end of the game, regardless of what's happened, you go down the line and you say good game, touch everyone's Aww. hand and you say good game. And it's like, yeah, people think that hockey is this like incredibly violent sport, which like in certain in certain ways it can be. Um, but there, I don't know. There's like this beautiful aspect to it where it's just like, at the end of the day, we might hate each other, but also we're forced to respect each other, even if we don't want to. That's good. Have respect. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. But can you explain to me um, the part where Herb brings in this other player, Timothy, mm. um, temporarily, and then the players get really mad about it? I mean, I understand why they get mad about it, because it's like you're cutting people as it is. And now there's another person who's potentially come on who hasn't gone you know run the gauntlet with us for six months mm -hmm. but what is it that he come the he sort of comes to this conclusion where he's like okay i'm gonna use timothy until we get to late placid then he's gonna go what what was the i don't fully understand his reasoning there yeah so 
I could probably do research to know what it is with 100% certainty, but I see it as being one of two options. One is either that he is legitimately bringing him on as like an actual candidate for the team because he does talk about he's a great player. He's very talented. Like he could benefit us on this team. He, he, when those players pull him aside, he literally explains to them. He's like, we want to beat the Russians and he could legitimately help us get there. Do you really not want me to have him try out on the team? And then they're like, yeah, like, yes, that like, yes, no, we don't want that. I don't know if it's yes or no, but, um, because we're family. Okay, great. Um, but, um, and he's like, okay. So I, I do think that part, it's one of two things. It could be that he legitimately is so blinded by wanting to win the game that he's like, this player could help us get there. So he's going to come in and I'm going to give him a shot. Or it could be something where he's like, let's just try this out and see how the team responds and see if it unites them. Because I, because I do see that when that player comes out onto the ice, like Herb and Craig are very friendly to him, but almost kind of in like a wink, wink sort of way to each other. Um, So he's kind of playing mind games with the team the way they kind of say to each other. Yeah. Like the fact that they're, they get to this point where they tell him you were a family. We've been together for months now. You can't bring someone else on. Like it could have been something where he's trying to help them really realize that and verbalize that and further solidify them as like a team slash family. Um, But I don't know. I think it's one of those two um, because when they do say, we're a family like his response is like family huh really like he seems kind of shocked by that's the word that they use Mm -hmm. um by that being the word that they use but um yeah I don't know so my answer is I don't actually have 100% certainty but I do think it's one of those two things but yeah either way it's it's in his mind getting him closer to winning the the um gold medal so Um, because Timothy doesn't play in the the olympics right no like he's gone by that point okay. yeah he he's gone after they have that conversation okay yeah and then the only one left to get rid of is poor old ralph poor, poor guy. ralph yeah he takes it like a champ he takes it he like really a does champ. yeah i actually like whoever played ralph i really like that guy yeah well <laughs> I wonder if you like him because he's the only one you were able to repeatedly recognize who he was because of the mustache. His mustache was very helpful. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how much that tainted your experience of the movie. Like if you would have enjoyed it more if you were able to consistently like follow the the threads Identify. of the individual players. I mean it probably would have helped, but I really don't think that this movie takes a lot of trouble to build up individual characters. Like, there's that feud between two of them mm-hmm. that's resolved pretty early on. But other than that, like, we have a few scenes of them just kind of hanging out and goofing around, but they don't really have very... You don't see, like, substantially different personality traits between the two of them. None of them really have any, you know, little quirks or, you know, superstitions or... um you know, picture of their girlfriend that they talk about or like, you know, there's nothing really that is given to most of them to make them stand out or to make them differentiated from each other. So, um, yeah, I think even if I wasn't so face blind <laughs> with them, it still would have been hard for me to to connect with them on, without the, the writing having been a little bit different. I think even though they are minor, I think there are little traits that differentiate them that you just weren't able to 
pick up on because you couldn't identify the differences between them because again like I I do think that everyone in this story is sidelined except for Herb so like I'm not arguing that they're fully developed characters because they're not but I think there are certain things that are there that are unique to each person that you probably it sounds like you didn't pick up on because you weren't able to like follow them as individuals really they were kind of just one conglomerate of people on a team (laughs) yeah 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 I did enjoy (laughs) the very the end credit sequence when it they credit every single actor who plays you know with the name of the uh, team player that they played and you also were like what... they should have done this in the beginning <laughs> well a yes <laughs> and like you know I feel so sorry for all those ones who did not get a single line um, but at least they get credited by name in the end which is great but it really cracked me up how they show the current occupation of each of the team players and every single so one of many them. them are in real estate real estate finance motivational speaking or coaching it was just one of the four 20 people four professions it really cracked me up coaching is pretty normal I did see that one of them went on to be which oh one of them was like a dental surgeon or something good for him one of them went on to be I don't remember which team it was it was some Minnesota team but they went on to be a coach of a women's hockey team I was like hell yeah that's great oh I didn't even see that oh that's awesome um represent women's hockey it's a legitimate sport um but anyway yeah I so my last note that I wrote that I wrote down, there's this one line in this movie that I really, really love. I'm just like, if my coach said me said that to us, to our team, I'd be like, hell yeah. But in the last, I guess it's not the last game because they technically played, I think, Sweden after they played um, Canada, which how disappointing would that be if they beat, or not Canada, oh my gosh, if they beat Russia and then lost to the next <laughs> team. Um, you know, our big dangerous rival. Canada. Don't even get me started about Canada and the Oli- <laughs> Oh man. Um I mean I'm sure Canada could wipe the floor with us in ice hockey. But it's uh by the way it's don't uh, not say Sweden. That, Geneva. No, that's not true. We're actually a huge competitor for Canada in the Olympics. We are even and sometimes we are better. I love Canadians, but <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I just wanted to correct because I, I did write this down while I, um while uh, watching the movie is that the first game that they play in the Olympics is against Sweden. But the, the final one that allows them to win the gold medal is actually against Finland. Which Finland. Okay. Finland represent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so the line that I really like is in that in that last ga- or, you know, the game where they're fighting the Soviets and I think it's like it's after the after the first period or something. And I think the game is tied or maybe USA is up by one. I'm not sure. But the Soviets, they decide to bench their goalie and put in, put their backup goalie in the net. And Herb says to his team, he goes, they just took the best. They just put the best goaltender in the world on the bench. And I'm like, that is huge. Like that shows how much rage is coming from their team in terms of like, we don't know. We've like, we have not been in this situation for a very long time. Our goalie has been so faithful to us and done such a great job. But now we're like, we're going to put him on the bench and put someone else on the ice. Like that's just, man, they're getting weak. They're getting weak. They're taking their goalie off the ice. Um, 
I also love the moment at towards the end of that game too when I mean there's just so much hockey strategy that is shown in this movie but whenever you're playing a hockey game and it's a very important game and it's down to the wire and you're down by one point it is very common to pull your goalie off the ice in the last two minutes because if you take your goalie off the ice then you can put on an extra player and so you have a one person advantage so it's six players on your team versus five players on the other team instead of five versus five but so your but your net is completely undefended yes yes so it's it's that's when hockey is like at its best when it's a super important game and someone pulls their goalie to tie the score and it's like six on five and the, the net's empty like it's amazing but I really loved this moment where Herb because he's a fantastic coach he anticipates that they're going to do that and he says this thing where he's like there's no more changes the line that is on the ice they will stay on the ice because once they pull their goalie I want fresh legs like that is when they change Everyone stay in there until they pull the goalie. And then, you know, and I was like, that's such a like, that's such a great coaching moment and such a great coaching decision of like, I'm anticipating that this is going to happen because it's something that happens in hockey. And my response is they're staying on the ice so that we can have fresh legs, which is, I love it. Um, but I, I just, I love hockey so much. Um, <laughs> I love seeing you so passionate about this. I love it. Have you ever seen me play or not? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably not that impressive now. I'm very out of shape and haven't played in years. <laughs> I can guarantee but... it would be to my untrained eyes and untrained <laughs> body. It would be vastly more than I could achieve or dream. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, also, I wanted to say that um, there, there's this memory that I have from... so. The, I was thinking about this actually um, when the oh, what's his name uh, O'Callahan who has the knee injury when he plays the game even though it's like should he be playing like this it's another is questionable coaching decision this is <laughs> hockey this stuff happens all the time it really does it's it just it's it's what we do um, but I remember there was one game uh, so when I was on a team in high school we won the state championship which is like huge. And, um, I was so violently ill. Like I had the stomach flu. It was so bad, but I was like, I am not, I am not missing this championship game. And I didn't play very much because I was so sick, but I did play. Um, and I, I remember there was this moment in that game where, um, we were winning, I think three to one. And I was thinking, sorry, I'm all over the place. But I was thinking about this because in this in this game against the Soviets, I'm kind. I was kind of thinking like, guys, I understand this is huge that you guys that the game is this close, but you guys should not be celebrating this much every time you score a goal. Like the game is not over. Like yes, you guys can celebrate. It's normal to celebrate a goal, but y'all are acting like you just won okay. the gold medal. There like, was you- a point. I think it may have been halfway through the game where everyone was celebrating so much. Like, I like. Oh, they, they I thought <laughs> I wrote in my notes the U.S. wins, and then I realized the game was not. The yet game over. wasn't over. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, y'all need to like, congratulations for scoring a goal. You should celebrate, but also the game is not over. And it made me think of uh, this state championship game. It was, I think we had, I think there were like three minutes left in the game or something. And we were winning three to one. And we were like, so pumped. We were like, oh my gosh, we did it. We're going to win the state championship. So all of us were like getting really jumpy on the bench. We were like, oh my gosh, like we're going to win the state championship. This is amazing. 
And then our heads were so not in the game anymore that the other team scored. So it was 3-2. And we had like two minutes left at that point. And my coach was like, everybody shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Not not in a mean way, but he was like, guys, this game is not over. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we need to. And all of us were like, oh, shit. Like, dang, now it's 3-2. We've got two minutes left. Like, they're going to pull their goalie. What if they tie the game? Like, oh, my gosh. But, um. I was thinking about about that while watching this scene. I'm like, y'all need to chill because anything could happen. Like, this game is not over. Um, Wait, you have to finish the story. Did you win the championship? Oh, yeah. We won the state championship. We won three to two. Uh, I contributed barely anything to that game because I was very (laughs) sick with the stomach flu. But I was there. My coach was actually very kind. He, I think it was like when there were like maybe 15 seconds left in the game or something. And we were like... I think we'll be okay. Or maybe we scored again. And it was four two. I don't really remember, but we, we won the game. But I do remember that when there were just a few seconds left in the game, maybe 30 seconds or something less than that. I don't know. My coach, he was like, Tatum, I want you to get on the ice. Like, Aww, you, like you should go out great. there for your last like few seconds or whatever. Cause you haven't played very much, which I was like, I was basically begging him not to play me. I was like, seriously, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Like I will contribute nothing. I'm very sick. Um, but the fact that he like recognized that and was like, Tatum, like you've contributed to this team. You need to like get out there on the ice. Like, and I was like, okay, thanks coach. That's amazing. And I finished this, the state championship game on the ice. This is what I'm talking. This is what I'm saying, Geneva. Like there's so much that happens in the sport that like, it's really beautiful. Um, that people just don't see cause they're not on the bench or they're not a part of the team. Like they don't, especially in movies like this, like you know, they, they pick and choose specific moments, obviously, because that's what movies do. But it's like there's so many other things that happen behind the scenes that are really powerful and really beautiful, um, which is why we love it. If hockey was straight up abuse, I would I wouldn't do it. Like, you know, there, there's something there, which is why so many people play it. It's not just stupidity. Otherwise, no one would do it. No, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically about this movie because again it's very much so just kind of like hockey game we lose hockey game we win we're trading now we're better like conflict maybe a little bit um but yeah um having as you know just completed uh twin peaks the original series i was very excited to see major Briggs as one of the uh members of the advisory committee at the beginning of the movie Mm mm-hmm yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I knew him from The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> have Wait, you seen who the movie he in The Day After Tomorrow? Oh my goodness, have I seen the movie The Day After Tomorrow? That is one of my mom's favorite movies. Ooh, that's so that's a fun fact about your mom. Yeah, she has probably seen it like 15 times. It's like a go-to put on a movie while you're folding laundry type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Wait, now who, I'm looking at the Who the... is Major Briggs in that movie though? I don't remember him um he's he's the scientist he like oh. he's like in the in the arctic and he's the one who first discovers and he stays oh. there to like send the data oh my gosh i remember that yeah. scene i did not he freezes that to scene. death yes oh gosh. yeah he sacrifices yeah. himself for the good of man yeah i have so many like you know memories as a kid of, of that scene where the helicopter crash lands and they open the door mm. and then the bed instantly freezes to death like, that really <sighs> creeped me out yeah, I, man, I love that movie when I was younger. Yeah. I watched it, like, every day. I think that's the first movie I ever saw Jake Gyllenhaal in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely the first movie I ever saw Jake Gyllenhaal in. But anyway, I think, I think it's, 
a good time to wrap this up. I mean, sure. honestly, I don't really have much positive things to say about this movie other than like I love hockey and I think that this movie captures the game of hockey really, really well. Um, like I said in the beginning in terms of like the cinematography and the drills and the culture of a team and like the costume design and, and even like the hairstyling. Hockey players have such a look and it has existed for decades, which is why they all look the same. Um, like Interesting, it's such the, a look, it's such a look 70s. that my brother who has really curly hair, who also played hockey like me, he relaxed his hair to make it like straighter and wavy to get that cut. Yeah. I was going to say the, the those late seventies, early eighties <clears throat> kind of long shaggy cuts that they have They're They look pretty good. Um, like from a, you know, they look pretty accurate, but also it made it even harder for me to tell them all apart because they all had the same hair haircut. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay, cool. So is there anything else that you feel like you want to discuss here? I'm no, assuming I don't no. Think so I've, <laughs> yeah, I've been going through my notes. I don't think there's anything else that um, I wanted to point out or talk about. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, watching this movie. I will take a break from sports films for a while. Uh Although I will say that Million Dollar Baby is a lot less of a sports movie than this movie. Would you agree? Please tell me you agree. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about percentage wise of screen time. Yeah. I mean, it's still mostly a sports movie, but, (laughs) you know, on a a sliding scale. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, All right. Cool. Let's go ahead and close out. So. Um, as far as awards, so this movie, not surprisingly, didn't really get any, you know, big notable awards on like the film side of things, but it did win best sports movie at the SB awards in 2004, which is basically like the sports awards every year, um, which used to be, I think hosted by ESPN and now it's hosted by, I think ABC or something like that. Um, but I think that's cool. And then it also was named to, uh, the AFI top 10 sports films list in 2018 or 2018 in 2008 so those are some pretty high high honors for a sports very nice so um good job miracle now i'm looking Um, up what the other afi top 10 sports films are and how many i've oh don't tell me because i want to guess um but yeah so this movie has a 68 score on metacritic and it is 81 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes which I'm very pleased with both of those uh, numbers. That feels feels pretty legit, um, pretty justified. Uh, so I pulled two reviews. They're both pretty short because, again, I was cramming in research before before starting to record. But um, so the first review that I pulled is from Sherry Linden at the Hollywood Reporter, and she says, uh, "What will make the film compelling, even for audience who have never heard of the Miracle on Ice?" is Kurt Russell's taut, nuanced portrait of Herb Brooks. And I do think that if if Kurt Russell's performance... This is another one of those movies where, like, if the main actor's performance had not been good, the movie would not have worked as well. Um, so, at least in, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I like that that movie kind of called out Kurt Russell's performance and how that is what holds the movie together, even for people that don't know much about this story. Um, the second review I pulled, uh, is written by Mark Mohan and that it comes from the Portland Oregonian. And he says, ordinary folks working together to triumph over incredible odds depicted in a Disney film that doesn't overdose on sentiment. That's the real miracle, uh, which I would agree with. I think that this movie could have been a lot more sappy 
than it is. I think the sappiest moment of this movie, which I've mentioned a few times that I don't like, is that moment when they're like, because we're family. I'm like, oh, all right. I don't think it needed to be explicitly stated, but whatever. Tatum doesn't believe in family. Yeah, family. <laughs> what kidding. is it? Um, I just think the way that it's yeah, said and yeah, presented no, is just like over the top cheese and unnecessary. Um, but I think aside from that, this movie could have been way more melodramatic than it is. Um, it just it feels like watching a hockey game. And I love that. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, that is miracle so yeah um so I guess for me to explain a little bit about like what's gonna stick with me or what has stuck with me with this movie um I've already said it a million times I think I just said it five seconds ago I just love the sport of hockey and I think that this movie just does a really powerful job of showing the the beauties of the sport the complexity of the sport I think it advances the the purpose behind it in the sense that like Hockey can be something as, you know, small as, oh, we're just one team playing another team. Or it could be something as big as we're representing a huge, like, political moment to the whole world. And everyone is watching us. And it means something really big to people who otherwise wouldn't care about this sport. Um, so I think it, I like how it shows the magnitude of impact that this sport can have on people. Um, and what it can represent. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it's one of the best hockey movies ever made. I think there's two other ones that are very strong hockey movies, but they're each very unique films. One of them is the Mighty Ducks, which is a kid's a kids movie about kids playing hockey. The other one is a movie that I have been wrestling with for a long time to talk about on this podcast, but I don't think we will just because a it has to do with sports and b I think the humor would not connect with you, but it's an outrageous comedy, <laughs> it like absolutely outrageous comedy where Paul Newman actually plays oh. one of the hockey players. Wait, what um, movie is this? It's called Slapshot. Uh, huh, it came okay. out in I think the seventies, maybe eighties. It is a phenomenal comedy. I just don't think you would like it. Um, I am, this I am intrigued. I mean, feel free to put it on the roster. I can't promise, but, um, I feel like you would really hate it. You would, okay. I, I feel like the I mean, humor does not work for you, we but just... we could try it. Um, I literally told my dad we were recording this episode today and he was like, why aren't you doing Slapshot? And I'm like, I really wanted to do <laughs> Slapshot, but I think she'll hate it. Um, I'm seeing anyway. that, um, speaking of Twin Peaks, Sheriff Harry Truman is in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, Mighty Ducks is a kid's movie. Slapshot is an absolutely outrageous comedy. And then this one is more of a heartfelt drama. So, um, but yeah, anyway, so is anything going to stick with you uh, <laughs> from this movie? Or if not, that's fine. Yeah, I dig mean. Dig deep, Geneva, dig deep. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, like I said, this this movie is really not for me. I It doesn't have a whole lot for me to dig into I do think it's a bit cliched I it, a little it was a little bit cheesy at times for me um even though you know again the hockey scenes are very well filmed and Kurt Russell's very good but I think what's going to stick with me is just this conversation because I always do genuinely really really love hearing your perspective which is very different from my own um on what it's like to be an athlete and how you read these movies and how they connect with you in ways that they can't connect with me. So yeah, this, this conversation will be the thing that sticks with me, um, which is, I love that. 
That's why this podcast is so wonderful. I know. It's yeah. We're making memories, Geneva. We are. We are. We're not we're not mm-hmm. making listeners, but we're making memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, which one is the real, you know, which one is more important? Come on. Yeah. Um which, you know, listeners, if you want to be a part of those memories, email us. Feel free to participate. You know, this yeah. can be your conversation too. We invite your friendship. Um and who knows, maybe if you guys give us movie recommendations, Ooh. we can discuss those. Um, but anyway, Geneva, what are we talking about next week? Yes, next week we are shifting gears very much. We are going to be talking about the 1979 sort of semi-autobiographical, deeply existential, musical, all that jazz. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I rented this movie from the library two weeks ago. It has yet to come in. So, oh boy. <laughs> well, if we need soon. to switch up the recording order, just let me know. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah this movie I'm... is kind of notoriously difficult to find. I think there are mm, weird things with the streaming rights where it's, I, I don't think you can rent it on Amazon, which is very hmm. annoying. Um, so usually DVD is the way to go from what I understand. Hmm. I feel like it's a really famous movie. That's strange to me. I know. Um, anyway, all right. Yeah, so next week, come back for all that jazz, and uh, we'll talk to you all then. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at yourpickpod at gmail.com. Our theme song was composed by Joel Rushton, and our podcast graphic was designed by Kara Shin. If you like this show and want to hear more, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're excited to have you on this journey with us. Until next time.